Welcome to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. Join us as we share our favorite RPGs, one-shot games, tabletop games, reviews, and convention panels. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Kelly, a.k.a. Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, a sign to Ragnarok story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. Hey guys, Jim here. And Kelly. With hashtag RPG a day 2023. And eventually, at the end of this recording, we, through the power of time travel, Megan will be joining us as well because she had a really good, memorable story she wanted to give, but she's not free right now. So through time travel, she will totally tack on her story during <laughs> this session. Excellent. So, so today is August the 13th, the most memorable character demise. See, this one's tricky for me, because I've only ever really had a few characters like Die-Die. I mean, I have come spectacularly close, um, but I've been pretty darn fortunate. Um, uh, but none of them, ha- I mean, like, Especially the ones that I've really, you know, about the most memorable, I guess, of my characters that died. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, this is when I was very young, uh, and uh, we were doing the original uh, Curse of Strahd. The, uh, and I remember I had a dwarf. <laughs> His name was Diamond, <laughs> and he died. <laughs> um, I forget what class he was. I think he was a fighter, <laughs> but <laughs> a dwarf on a tightrope does not do well. <laughs> and he plummeted <laughs> to his death, and yeah, pretty much flat. Ooh. There was, yeah, he was literally paste on the stones below. So, and if this was AD&D, you know, Curse of Strahd, yeah, fall damage sucks, and walking a tightrope, not as a rogue, would have sucked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, needless to say, yeah, that was, I always remembered that. <laughs> I mean, I've had some close calls, I mean, I, I, some's where, you know what, yep, this character is is going to go out, but he's going to go out with a bang, but then miraculously, you know, was saved at the last minute uh, by mm-hmm. some epic roles by my companions, um, but uh, and just in the nick of time, but <laughs> actual <laughs> death, and then, you know, there were characters who I weren't really attached to, um, uh, Again, when I was young, uh, that 
died all I mean, they were literally fodder characters. It was like this big campaign. We were all uh multi boxing. You had your your two main characters and then you each you had like at least two like like a stable of characters. Yeah, it was like it was like quick roll ups. It was like he was like, Okay, you know, these a lot of characters are gonna die <laughs> I'm like, so you know, you're gonna have this, you know. Uh one of those characters, it was my brother's actually, wound up becoming my character and has miraculously survived and um and it was just a fodder character. He named his two, you know, fodder characters Wimp and Wuss. <laughs> <laughs> Never expect them. I think his was it was Wuss um uh that I wound up taking over. Uh, for some reason, I can't remember. And then so I renamed it because I couldn't live with that name. <laughs> he was a ranger. And this character went through hell and back. Like, But he had the most miraculous luck. I mean, this is the one that wound up, you know, uh, surviving that chaos campaign of, you know, let's just slaughter everybody. <laughs> um, but uh, he uh, he wound up getting cursed. Uh, not only with insanity, he had split personalities, and every once in a while the DM would roll, and I would change into these different personas, <laughs> and one of which was called Gage the Great, and he thought he was a paladin with like a plus six holy avenger, and you know, and we were going up against the white dragon, and sure enough, DM rolled, <laughs> Gage the Great just goes in launches himself at the dragon with his what he believed was a <laughs> actually got you know and called the shot we're talking chest heart right there nat 20 <laughs> and, the, and the gm's going what the fuck <laughs> and it's like and based on it it's like he's like oh oh okay you were having so, a, you right. were having a Don Quixote moment. So yeah, it was. it was like there we go, <laughs> and then he gets cursed with lycanthropy, <laughs> and he's a were rat. So again, uh, he gets left behind to deal with something because theoretically the creatures can't hit him, uh, and you know that or he dies. Nope, sure enough, <laughs> and. Then, to top it off, this character's luck was so miraculous, and this is at the end of the original Temple of Elemental Evil. For, I can't remember why, but for some reason, I'm doing a Hail Mary, and I'm like, you know what? Fine. Screw it. I'm going to go ahead and pray to my god. And he's like, I, you know, basically <laughs> for a blue bolt of light, you know, <laughs> type of, you know, sure enough. First time ever, actually the only time ever, I have rolled a natural 100. That's awesome. And the GM's like going, what the <laughs> So, God appeared. <laughs> I can't even remember which God his, his God was. And um, so it was like, uh, basically just cured him of the insanity. That was it. <laughs> He's like, I'm not going to give you everything. <laughs> I don't care how lucky you are. I still, to this day, have that character's uh, that character sheet somewhere <laughs> in one of my folders. So how he did not uh, 
die is I, I don't know. It was just, you know, so he had the most character, you know, most creative uh, near death experiences. But, uh, yeah. I, but other than a dwarf going splat from a very high distance. And there were some other ones where I came extremely close <laughs> to dying. Um, that that's it for me. How about you? Ah, uh, for me, um, I see. I was totally thinking you would do the zombie world one where your your Negan esque character went out. I I almost went with that. It yeah. wasn't my death, but it was the death of another. It was a death technically of a NPC who was my minion, and so. I almost went with that story. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I've totally seen that story. Your character died shortly after that. <laughs> everyone died. Yeah, on- every, everyone died because, you know, we, we lost the comp out. <laughs> but uh, for my most memorable death, I'm going to go with uh, two or three years ago at RingCon, which was with Tucson Comic Con that year. So I think it was two years ago. Uh, David and I got to sign up for the Aliens game. You know, the Alien Aliens RPG. And it was so funny because David and I were so excited. We signed up for because it was a two two team game. And we both signed up for the same team so we could actually play as players together in a con game together. And all of a sudden when we get to the game, the GM and his wife are talking and they're like, So has anybody played Alien before? And I, of course, had to raise my hand. Yes, I played as a player and as a GM because I, I wanted to play it before I ever GM'd it. And they're like, we hate to do this to you, but are you okay playing a synth? And, of course, as someone who's played it already in the GM, I know why they're asking this. Because in Alien, the synth characters have special rules. And these are, you know, hardbound rules that the player cannot break these rules because it's your basic programming. So there's always like a shtick that you do as your synth. And then there's also the basic rules of if your synth is programmed not to kill people, you will not let someone die in your vicinity. And part of the fun part of that one was is like, okay, I admit I know how to play it. And he's like, I hope you don't mind. But your buddy is signed up for the away team mission. The synth is on the ship mission. Because as the story went, is we found a station that was in distress. We sent an away team. And meanwhile, we parked outside and floated by. We're floating in synchronous orbit. And the whole idea was that we would think they're going to get jacked up by the aliens, not us. And then when we thought there was an alien on the ship you know all kinds of wacky stuff happened but it ended up being true we actually had a a xenomorph on the ship thanks to the 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 away team sending a wounded person back but as the game started the gm's wife kind of came over and whispered in my ear real quick saying you know just roll with it when things start because it's going to start really weird and you're probably going to die in the first five minutes but it's it's just (laughs) a dream sequence and literally, I roll with it because this dream sequence starts where one of the guys wakes up, sees explosions in the ship and gunshots and finds me. And then the GM asks me what I'm doing. So I'm describing what my medical synth is doing. I'm attempting to administer first aid to a wounded person. And then the GM says, yes, you see the synth do that. 
And then the synth puts two bullets in their patient. And I immediately look at him and say, yes, the patient was unable to be saved, so a mercy killing is the only thing I could do. Because, of course, I'm just rolling with whatever the GM's saying at this point, even though I know a synth, and I see on the character yeah, sheet, do it. she is specifically programmed to not allow harm to her organic you know, members of her crew. But that wasn't the actual death, because the dude immediately went up and gangstered me right then and there. Just put a gun to my head and put me down. But then we find out that that's him having a dream sequence in cryo. Well, through the adventure, we end up having a xenomorph on the ship, and we fight it with free. We actually beat the xenomorph pretty easily in the ship, because we all use tactics. We had the science officer who I disliked because he's corporate and he stole my job on the ship. So I always was pushing my crewmates, who were long-term crewmates, to hate that character, which the player over there loved because he ended up playing into it as the corporate guy. And on that one, he ended up jumping into a life ship and escaping before we, as soon as we found an actual xenomorph, he spaced himself to get rescued. And it's like, ha, you stooge, now I'm chief medical officer. But at the end of the game, the captain had a massive breakdown of the sh of this big freighter ship and set the engines to explode. So the engineer who executed me in the dream sequence, mind you, and I went to go stop the explosion because, of course, my programming, that's going to kill my crew. I've got to stop it. I've got to actually take action. You know, no sitting back like the rest of the folks on the ship that were just going to not do anything <laughs> about it. So as the engineer and I are running, and we've actually, since he killed me earlier, he was actually going out of his way to be nice to me in-game. It was, it was so cute watching the person, the, the player, and the player character responding to the dream, going out of their way to be nice to me after they executed me, so there's no hard <laughs> feelings. And as we're running, and my engineer's got the only real weapon, it's basically his bolt gun. It's a nail gun that he's converted to a, a ranged weapon. And as we're running, I'm reminding him, if any harm was to come to one of my crew, I cannot allow that to happen, including the captain. Because at that point, the captain has already goaded us that their secret's going to get out because they realized that on their previous crew, they actually murdered a bunch of crewmates and basically cashed in on the insurance fraud. So, you know, the captain is, like, going down with the ship this time. And I had to warn my engineer buddy there multiple times, I cannot let any organic member of my crew come to harm. And so we get to this scene where the, you know, I go to try to shut off the, the doomsday device on the ship, but the captain's got the code, so we have to get the code from the captain. And immediately, as the game played out, the captain tried to shoot at my engineer. And I totally reminded him as my last action was to grab and use myself as a human shield to protect my engineer that I, can, I cannot allow him to hurt the captain. And at that beautiful moment, the captain rolled crits on me. And I've already taken a bunch of damage because I used myself as bait for the xenomorph and stuff earlier in the mission. So none of my organic crew members would put themselves in danger. So the captain critted and killed me right then and there. And the GM was so cool and was like, what is your last words? 
and I look at my engineers. I basically, we were running. I turn around running backwards, and then I basically bear hug my engineer to take the bullets for him. And my last words were to whisper in the engineer's ears. My white fluids are spraying all over the engineer. I am no longer functioning and can no longer prevent harm to my captain. And immediately my engineer took the shot and killed the captain in one shot. <laughs> That's awesome. Just in the nick of time for the engineer to still have time to get the access code and to shut down the reactor from exploding. So, of course, and, and the GM was funny because it's like, and if you'd like, I would even say that the engineer could re rebuild you if he had time. And I'm like, I'm good either way. It's up to the engineer. And, of course, the engineer's like, Oh, you bet your ass I'm rebuilding you. You're, I'm rebuilding you and probably reprogramming you. <laughs> you are no longer going to be able to protect people who are attempting to harm your fellow crewmates. But of course, you know, it was a, a ring con one shot. So that was my best takedown that I basically gave my life to save the guy who <laughs> saved the game because the other crewmates were all either ran into life pods and left or were waiting in the bridge for some some miracle to happen to save them because they had no technical know-how to defeat the uh, self-destructing mechanism. Lovely. But that's that's one of my poetic deaths that I really like when a character can have. I'm totally a fan of the, if you're going to go out, you pick your poison and you go out poetically. Oh, yeah. No, I tried to do it in the one shot in Ring Con that same year, actually, in a different game. It was a, uh, a Deadlands game. Mm -hmm. But in the uh, uh, so right as I was about the <laughs> the guy who was playing the preacher character did what I was going to do and sacrificed himself to save the team. Aww. So uh, it was not it was cool, you know. Uh, that it which was was exactly what I was going to do because it's like it's a one shot. <laughs> Let's go out big, you know. <laughs> yep, write it like you stole it, you know. Exactly. Don't don't hold back. I thought that is one thing I love with one shots is you can always have those cool endings that you're you're not broken hearted that you have to roll up a new character next week. You know, so you're willing to totally toss it out there and go balls to the walls crazy gonzo. Oh yeah. Well remember when we were doing the uh what was it, the Princes of the Apocalypse? Mm-hmm. Their solace and we were in the one and uh there was that under the that paladin with the shark. Yep. And my character literally, was, I was like, mm -hmm, okay, okay, I'm going to go out, but I'm going to go out like a boss. And, <laughs> and, uh, it's like, and I was like, and I did, I, I sacrificed myself. However, <laughs> um, oh God, what was Jocelyn? Jocelyn's character was the monk. Yep. And I forget what she did, but little. she pulled my ass out of that. I thought no win situation mm -hmm. and we actually wound up totally dominating the encounter. I mean, I barely lived, mind you, mm -hmm. barely. You were almost um, swam off with the shark food. Oh yeah. And it was so funny because then later on when we were doing the wind uh, element and we were in the tower. Mm -hmm. When she made her she... sacrificial jump. Yeah, and it's like, well, no, she didn't know that it was, you know, she was goaded into <laughs> her character to jumping out the window to chase the guy. 
and uh, she would have died. <laughs> but then my character did a Hail Mary and pulled her ass out of the fire, which I thought was really kind of fitting. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was like if I hadn't gotten that nat 20 when I did, it, it would have been, you know, and I loved her character. <laughs> oh, my God, that monk was a hoot. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, so it was like, but it's same campaign, different sections. Um, it was like, yeah, but I was like, yeah, no, I'm going to die. You know, and I'm like, it's okay. You know, Carrie was getting, my sister was getting upset. And, you know, I was like, no, it's going <laughs> to, you know, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out beautifully. You know, mm-hmm. it's like for a reason, you know, and I love that character. I really, you know, it's like, but for the story, you know, I'm willing to, but I didn't have to, you know, so <laughs> she's still kicking. She's not in an active campaign, but she's still kicking. Yep. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if your character's going to go out, go out like a boss and just just own that shit, you know, because it, it's better that than, like, some cheesy death where some cheesy lowball orc gets lucky and murders the wizard with four hit points pretty early in the game, you know. So when character death happens, make it meaningful, you know. Yeah. Make it totally, you know, work in your group's favor that if you're going down, you're, you're covering the group. And uh, hopefully when your character's younger brother, who happens to be the same class, shows up <laughs> and wants his brother's belongings so he can take his brother's place. As his brother's last will and testament t- stated, if I die, come take my place and take my stuff. <laughs> there you go. So you make sure to own that character demise. Or, you know, just carbon copy the character into a new version. Which, you know, in a lot of RPGs, I have not seen that happen in, like, many, many, many years. In D&D, that used to totally be the thing. But now in, in a lot of different RPGs, folks are totally wanting to see that as an excuse to try something new, which is great. Yeah. And, like, in the game store, you see the uh, parade of uh, oh. dead characters on yep. the wall. The sheets stamped with the word dead in red ink. One of the um, best things Mark ever did for Tucson Games and Gadget was get the D E A D stamp. <laughs> Your character dies in store, you put it up on the wall. Yeah, and like for me, it's like, okay, then, all right, if it dies, then I will create a new character, new identity, new. I might even try a new class. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh. What haven't I tried before? <laughs> hey, it's always well, a good try to kind of like change stuff around and do something different. Uh, of course, if I was the cleric for a campaign, I'll probably make another cleric. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to be the same type. You know, it's not going to be, you know. And, and there is always the option for another healing type of class. Yeah, but I like clerics best personally. True. And clerics are pretty OP, in my opinion. They they have great variety between being fighty or not fighty, range or melee, and then, you know, their spell choices are a huge multi-toolkit. <laughs> yeah, and they get some fun things like spiritual weapon and mm-hmm. stuff, so. So, uh, Megan, for RPG a Day 2023, the 13th of August, the inauspicious moment. 
the topic of the day is the most monumental or memorable character demise. Okay, well, it's my own character's demise. It was my favorite character. It was tech. It was during a Pathfinder game, um, and it was with. It was the first character that I ever painted a mini on. Um, we went through this entire book, and it had taken us. I think it had taken the five of us. I think three years. Um, and she was a half elf druid like uh like you know my standard character is Uh and we finally got to the boss it was this big black dragon and we had a plan like we had a dragonborn and he was beefy as hell you know he was gonna you know antagonize it he was gonna fly up with the dragon he was gonna fight the dragon and then the rest of us were just gonna like throw everything we could from them at at the ground and like basically distract him while we had our dragonborn heavy hitter plan um i don't know if i said this or not but this was pathfinder not D. Mm-hmm. um so my character had a thing for languages and i think i had her ever i think i had her collect languages so she could speak like nine different languages oh, and wow. she was that was what she did is wherever we went whenever i had the opportunity to level up I, she was learning languages and, um, you know, she was also a squishy druid. And I was very, very much myself. And, like, like it was my turn to go. And the dragon said something snarky and, like, whipped <laughs> his tail at me. And so in Sylvan, I started talking trash to the dragon. And the DM kept going, like, he kept giving me outs. He kept on going, okay, well, Megan, okay, yeah. And, like, I just kept running my mouth for, like, three or four turns in a row. Like, and just running my mouth, trash-talking the dragon in Sylvan. And finally, he just kind of, he looks at me, and he just kind of sighs. And, you know, he, like, took the dice and went down the, the dice tower and tick, 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 you know all the jingles and all the jangles. And I was like, all right, let's, let's, you know, let's hear. I was like, I walked into this as like, none of us are, we aren't all getting out of this alive. We should at least, you know, make it fun, you know, make it good, make it juicy. And um, basically that dragon ripped me to shreds. Like so many pieces, like just tore me bits and pieces and just like threw me around the cave. Like, I think, I think I, I had like, God, it was like sixty or seventy uh, hit points when we started, Oof. and he killed and he killed me into the negative thirties. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it destroyed me, ripped me to shreds, like threw me blood got splattered everywhere, and no one in my party actually knew that because they were, you know, fighting him themselves. So, you know, the dragonborn does his thing and, you know, everyone else survives. Everyone else is, you know, huzzah, huzzah. And then, you know, they look on over and they, like, see my torn to pieces body. And I think, like, I think even, like, my head wasn't intact. Like, that, like part of my head was one place. Part of my the other part was another place. Like, he eviscerated me. And then, like, the conversation was uh do we uh do we try to revive her do we try to like reincarnate her in a different body what are we doing with this because like again this was like multiple years of our lives had gone into these characters wow. like 
we were like emotionally attached to each other's characters. And um, what ended up being the, the, what we ended up doing with it is we uh, never, ever, ever, ever came back to that game. (laughs) That demise was a campaign breaker. It was, but I mean, it was also the end of the book, so you know. Mm -hmm. Um, My next character, I decided I was going to play a uh, uh, smart mouth bard who thought she was a pirate. Um, Same group of people, and that was, so I went from like, (laughs) eviscerated by a freaking dragon to, um, I'm a pirate when I grow up. Yay! I'm going to touch everything and destroy everything. (laughs) But see, in honor of your character's demise, when the corpse was already cold, the dragon's pride was still bleeding out wounded. Yes. <laughs> well, he now he's have, dead, too. <laughs> he may have the hit points to take the damage, but his pride couldn't take the damage. Right. That's why, because uh, I was so good at burning, at like the uh, emotional burns, so that's why he had to destroy me. <laughs> such tiny little pieces. But my party got my back. They murdered him for me. They just didn't realize they were murdering him for me at the time. See, of course, the sad part was when you started the story with, I had a mini made for this character. (laughs) (laughs) It was the first mini I painted for her, for a character. Because I only paint minis for, like, my own imagination, my own fun. Mm -hmm. This was the first time I painted a mini for the campaign I was playing where the character actually exists. Oh, that yes. can always be rough too, and you, you know, like like a lot of my friends who do the uh, Hero Forge minis, it's just like maybe you shouldn't make a Hero Forge mini just yet. Right. No, as soon as you do, though, it doesn't matter. You're like if you played a a week, you know, or six months, as soon as that character mini exists, that person is dead. That character is dead. <laughs> there's a certain dark juju that's summoned when there's a specific mini that's way too specific to the character. Right, and that is why I very rarely make minis for the characters I'm playing. <laughs> I just make them for fun. <laughs> See, there you go. See, that's the one thing that I can never find time to do is actually paint the minis. I get the minis, and they're the basic gray or the basic white, but I never have time to paint the minis. Yeah, I, that is... Uh... Yeah, that is why I like I have to paint with people if I'm it's like I have to have paint days with people present or it doesn't happen. doesn't matter how cool the paint is because I just yeah, without people present, I will I will ADD my way away from it. <laughs> Put it down to dry and never come back. But, yes, uh, you, you've shared it. pictures of the paint parties and stuff that you've, you've done, and that makes total sense getting it done as a group. You're busting out the paint, you know, if you're not wasting opening paints for one mini. Because that's one that annoys me is when I open the paint for one mini and it's like, ah, oh, I wasted so much paint just for one mini. But that's why I paint like six at a time. <laughs> <laughs> and if everyone else paints like one or two guys, you know, then it's it's well worth it. Well worth it. <laughs> <laughs> see, we totally need to see if we can get you down a rink on next year because normally they actually have paint, uh, paint and take minis at the uh, convention. So if you're free for like an hour or so, you can work on a mini and take it home for free. See, there was I was gonna go to Rincon this year, and like I, I, it was a plan, and then life said no, and I can't remember what no, what life said no for, but I remember it was a pretty good reason why I didn't make it this year. So there's always next year. Yep, there's always next year. 
Yes, yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll start the plots, you know, before when we find the actual con dates for next year and plot it out and see if life will hopefully not get in the way. We'll have to, I'll have to put in my uh, time off request months in advance, and that way I have a chance of actually being able to make it. And then Kelly just said, you can come do the murder mystery. Yes, yes, yes. Murder mysteries are the best. Just let me be the the bad guy. Just don't tell anyone. <laughs> Ooh. Apparently, Megan wants to be an NPC bad guy. Yes. But everyone will think that no, everyone will think I'm a. I want to be a playable character bad guy. Just have everyone think that I'm like not the bad guy. Oh, the murder mysteries are nuts when you see all the people go nuts and doing things. Especially when people are finding out themselves that they may or may not be the murderer. Oh, I want to be the murderer. I'll be the extra murderer. I'll confuse people. It's an extra demise. The lights will turn off, they turn back on, and there's an extra corpse in the floor. Yes! <laughs> yes, I'm here for it. <laughs> so, uh, thank you for finding some time, because I know it's been a super busy weekend, plus you got work in the ridiculous hours of the morning. But thank you for jumping on and doing RPG a day with us. We will totally use the powers of time warp and slip you in between Kelly and I's <laughs> answers for the day so you can join in for the fun. Happy to. See you. I'm glad you were able to make time for me as well because I know it's past your bedtime. <laughs> Always. So I think that's uh, that's where our RPG a day for 2023 demises is yeah. the most memorable character demise. <laughs> <laughs> And then tomorrow we've got favorite convention purchase. You're going to have to think about that one. Oh, I am. I mean, you've already mentioned the Scion uh, stand-ups that we picked up at Rincon. Yeah, but... You'll have to think about it. Nope. Alrighty, guys. We will say that is a good place to wrap it up there. And have a great night. Bye! Thank you for listening to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. If you enjoyed our show, please check out D&D Journey of the 5th Edition and Ragnarok Enroll a Scion Hero to Ragnarok Story. Also, check out our Patreon page for more content and behind-the-scenes things, as well as joining us for a one-shot game or two.